Welcome back to our study of the Beatitudes. We are looking at the fifth Beatitude today in Matthew 5, 7, where Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now, remember, as we've talked about the Beatitudes, we've noticed a progression in these Beatitudes, and we shouldn't be surprised to find here a blessing on the merciful because of what we have seen before. The Beatitudes begin with Jesus saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, then blessed are those who mourn, then blessed are those who meek, who are meek, then blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and now blessed are those who are merciful. Now, we would expect those who have recognized that they're poor in spirit, right, they're spiritually bankrupt, have nothing uh, to commend themselves to God, those who are poor in spirit and have mourned their sin and their poverty of spirit and who have been humbled, they've become meek because of their recognition of their sin before God and whatnot, we would expect that they would then become merciful people. Right? If they recognize their need for God's mercy and have received God's mercy, they're going to be blessed, right? They're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's a mercy, right? If they have recognized their need for God's mercy and have received God's mercy, then we would expect them to become merciful toward others. And that uh, appears to be what Jesus is talking about here in this beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Another thing, if we look at the progression that comes here, another thing that this shows us is not only that people who are poor in spirit and who mourn their sin and so on become merciful people, but also it means that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, which we saw last time, means mainly they want to do right. They want to do what pleases God. Those who pursue righteousness should not be merciless. And sometimes those who put a strong emphasis on righteousness misunderstand godly biblical righteousness in such a way that they become merciless in their pursuit of righteousness. And we see this in the Pharisees. The Pharisees, of course, were extremely concerned with outward righteousness. They wanted to do the law and they wanted to be seen doing the law. And yet Jesus saw through their merely external righteousness and he called them hypocrites. And here's one of the things he said in Matthew 23, 23. This whole chapter is exposing uh, the false righteousness, exposing the hypocrisy of the Jews, of the, uh, the Pharisees. But notice what he says here in particular. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. What are those? Justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So in other words, Jesus is saying, you are tithing out of your garden, and yet you don't show mercy. And what's weightier in the law, more important in the law, than whether or not you're tithing every little thing you can, is whether or not you're showing mercy to people. 
If you are pursuing righteousness in a way that you neglect to show mercy, you've misunderstood righteousness. So um, we know that also because when God reveals his own nature and character, he tells us that he's merciful and we know that he's righteous, right? God is perfectly righteous. He's the perfect standard of righteousness. And he says in Exodus 34, when he reveals himself to Moses, the Lord, the Lord of God, merciful. It's the first thing he says about himself. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and so forth. So he's righteous, he's just, and yet the first thing he says about himself is he's merciful. So if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, or think we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, but our attempt at pursuing righteousness leads to us being merciless, we're not really pursuing biblical righteousness. We're pursuing a hypocritical righteousness, a pharisaical righteousness. And that's not what Jesus is commending or blessing or affirming here. And that's not what we want to pursue or want to have. We want to have a righteousness, right? We want to do righteousness in a way that includes mercy. Now, what do we mean when we talk about showing mercy? We know, of course, uh, most of us have heard the definition mercy is not being given what you do deserve, right? Mercy is not giving someone the bad thing that they deserve, right? So they've earned some kind of judgment and you don't give it to them, that's mercy or some kind of punishment or whatever. Another aspect of mercy, another way to think about mercy is that mercy is connected to forgiveness, right? Forgiveness, another way to say that is forgiveness is a form of showing merciful, uh, showing mercy. So merciful people, Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. Merciful people are people who are willing to forgive. Later in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 18, Jesus tells a powerful story about an unforgiving servant. There was a servant who owed an enormous debt and his master or the king, I can't remember how he's referred to in the parable, let's say it's the master, the master who he owes this enormous debt to, when, when the man pleads with him uh, to, get, for, to have more time to pay off this debt, the master says, you know what? You're forgiven. I forgive the debt. And then this servant bumps into another person who owes him a little bit of money. And he basically says, you're going to pay me right now. And the man asks for you know more time or another chance or whatever and the man refuses and has this guy thrown in jail well the king or the master hears about how his servant treated this other servant and he becomes angry and as jesus is telling the parable here's what the master says to the servant who he had forgiven the enormous debt he said should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. I forgave you an enormous debt. Shouldn't you have forgiven a smaller debt? 
I showed you mercy by not holding that debt against you, by forgiving it, right? And shouldn't you have forgiven likewise? So if we have recognized we are poor in spirit, that uh, we are sinners, that we are broken, and we have mourned that, and we have been humbled by that, and we have been forgiven, and we have been shown mercy by God, then shouldn't we show mercy to others? The Beatitudes indicate that we will. Remember that all of these descriptions in the Beatitudes are about one kind of person. It's not that some are poor in spirit, and some mourn, and some are meek, and some hunger and thirst for righteousness, and some are merciful. No, those who are poor in spirit are those who mourn, are those who are meek, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, are those who show mercy. So if it says, blessed are the merciful for those, or excuse me, for they shall receive mercy, is that some kind of works-based system? Like if you show mercy, then you get mercy. If you want to have mercy, you got to earn mercy by showing mercy. Is that what Jesus is saying? Certainly not. Right? In order for us to think that, we would have to have forgotten about verse 3. We're not talking about people who are in any kind of position to earn anything from God. We are talking about people who are poor in spirit, who are spiritually bankrupt. There is no earning going on for them. They have no merit to deserve anything from God. So that's not what we're talking about. What Jesus is saying here, in fact, is very similar to what he says at the end of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, when he teaches his disciples to pray. Pray them like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and then he, he, it goes on, and, and one of the petitions is, Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Uh, or forgive our trespasses as we have forgiven those who trespass against us. And... Later, at the end of the prayer, Jesus explains that part in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, where he says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. There we have the same idea, and we can ask the same question. Is Jesus, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, teaching a works-based salvation? If you want forgiveness, you got to earn it by forgiving other people? No. Instead, what Jesus is saying is that if you have been forgiven, you will be the kind of person who forgives. And if you don't forgive, you prove to be the kind of person who has not been forgiven. That parable we were talking about earlier, the parable of the unforgiving servant, when the master finds out that his servant, whom he forgave the enormous debt, refused to forgive a smaller debt, much smaller debt, to another servant, he threw his servant in jail. And it said in the parable that he won't get out until he's paid the very last penny, if I'm remembering that correctly. So he ends up, though he was told he was, his debt was forgiven, because of the way he acted, in the end, he ended up not forgiven. Well, it's a parable, right? So we don't want to press it too hard, but we put the parable together with what Jesus is saying here and what the rest of the Bible says. What we understand is, if we think we are forgiven, 
If we believe we are forgiven, and yet we refuse to forgive other people, then we prove by our actions that we have not really been forgiven, and we will find, or, yeah, and we will find on the last day that we are not forgiven. Because people who have been forgiven by God are people who forgive others. Now, that's not to say that forgiving other people is not difficult and that sometimes it takes time. And perhaps even with the severity of the offense, there may be uh, more time that it takes to be able to forgive. Right? I'm not saying it's, it's automatic or it's easy, but if we are not forgiving people, then we are not forgiven people. If we are not merciful people, then we are not people who have received mercy. If we are merciful people, it is because we have received mercy. And if we show mercy now, it's because we've been shown mercy by God and there comes with that the promise that we will receive even more, even greater mercy in the future. What, all, what I'm getting at in all of this, right, is that being merciful is proof of sonship. It's evidence of sonship. If you are merciful, then you are acting like God. And if you are acting like God, that's evidence that you're a child of God. If, on the other hand, you're not acting like God, it's evidence that you're not a child of God. Right, so here's how Jesus says it. This is Matthew 6. It's very similar to Luke 6. It's very similar to Matthew 5, where Jesus talks about loving our enemies. But uh, he uses the, there's a, a, a way that he phrases it in, uh, in Luke 6 that I, I want to highlight. In Luke 6.36, Jesus says, Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Right, so your father is merciful, that means you should be merciful. You imitate him. If you're his children, if you're my disciples, Jesus is saying, you're followers of me, right? then that means you need to imitate me and imitate my father, and that means being merciful. Now here's the, the big context of how he says that, and, and I want to highlight something here. He says, if you love those who love you, this is Luke 6, starting verse 32, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And, notice this, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And that's when he says, be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. In other words, he's saying, if you do these things, if you love your enemies, if you do good, to people maybe who don't even do good to you. If you lend without expecting in return, in other words, if you give to people you don't expect to get anything back from, then you will be sons of the Most High, that is, sons of God, for He is kind to the ungrateful 
and the evil. In other words, God is kind to the evil. God is kind to the ungrateful. He shows mercy to them. And so if you show mercy to them, if you're kind to them, then you prove to be sons of your father. You prove to be his children because like father, like son. Children imitate their parents. Sons imitate their fathers. So if you are merciful, you are showing that you already belong to the father who is merciful and you are becoming like him, however imperfectly, right? however imperfectly, you are becoming like him. The way Jesus says it in Matthew 5, uh, 44 and 45 is this, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his sunrise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Again, the point there is the same. When we do what God does, We're not earning favor with God. We're not earning a place in God's kingdom. We're showing that we've already been received into God's kingdom by God's grace and mercy. That he's already made us his. He's already adopted us into his family. And as his children, we have already begun to imitate him. That's why Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Because those who have been welcomed into the kingdom now will experience the fullness of the kingdom when it comes at Christ's return in the new heavens and the new earth. And everybody in the new creation, every person aside from God himself, of course, all of us who are in the kingdom will be there by mercy, by the mercy of God. Praise God for that mercy. See you next time.